Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Hi, Richard. I'm doing fabulous. Um, as usual, the night before, I got a little tap on my shoulder. And um, I was there saying, don't bother me. Bother Jennifer. No, I was saying, if you want to come and talk to I, class. I did get a tap by a couple. Okay. So I, let's allow that I just, we're... I just don't know because of what's been going on that I got tapped by these people. Okay. Well, obviously some people want to chat with us and that's why we're here. We're here showing people on the planet. That's you guys out there, people on the planet. Mm -hmm. Unless you're watching this from outer space, which is possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just allow, let's invite our pal Luana in to visit with us. And she's the one with the clipboard. And by the way, the audible version of Backstage Pass has arrived in, what? yeah, yesterday. So the audible version of Backstage Pass to the Flipside 3 is on Amazon. Audible, it's on Audible. And um, so it's a big one. It's 700 pages. I don't know how many hours that is. I did all the talking. But <laughs> anyway, if you can't get enough of this voice, these dulcet tones. Hey, I, that's how I found you. I know. I'm so, in your head. Okay, so fascinating. people who are fans of our work know how this works. We have a classroom on the flip side. We ask our friend Luana with the clipboard to come forward and chat with us. Lou, what's up? I know. I think she's making fun of me because there's no time and space, but she's like, again, I'm like, I know. Huh. She actually showed me something very interesting. She says, we're spinning so fast, but yet it's so, we're just stuck. Oh, it's so slow in the middle. Like, I understand that. Like, it just. What does she mean? People are spinning fast or the earth? The planet is spinning so fast and the people are going so slow within it. And then she showed me, she's like, time is really not existing for you anymore. <laughs> like even here, <laughs> what it should, which is frustrating. Um, okay, so I had two people, Nelson Mandela, and then Martin Luther King. Well, that's lovely. But Martin Luther King came, he stopped by earlier. Um, I know people are like, what? How could that be kind of thing? Um, well, we did interview both of uh, these gentlemen in Backstage Past the, the Flipside 3. So, and we've invited them and we've said, you know, you're part of our class. If you want to be, you're welcome to come in anytime to talk about anything. So please, um, who wants to go first? Nelson or? He just showed me the peace symbol, like from this, you know, the 60s peace symbol. Well, it's the same symbol. Which, Dr. King or? Nelson. Nelson. Mandela. And then. Uh, Mandiba, I hope it's okay if we call you Nelson. It's just so we can skip that. Yeah. What would you like to say, sir? Peace needs to come with love and compassion. We can have peace, but if there's no compassion involved, love doesn't really exist. Okay. We should learn love first in order to have compassion before we can even have peace. Instead of working on the peace aspect of it, work on the other things. Which is, you mean like Connecting to other people, helping other people? Helping, you know, helping older people, younger people, you know, African-Americans, whites, whatever it is, helping everyone, unify. So out of compassion comes an ability to understand what things are happening, justice, injustice, peace. Right. Very good. I heard Kareem Abdul-Jabbar say something similar on the on TV the other day. They somebody asked him, you know, what's a what's the most direct way that you could recommend? And he said, get a black friend. Because once you have a friend, 
somebody right. that's close to you who you start to see from their point of view and whatever friend a friend right you start to understand from their perspective what might or might not be happening so um mr mandela if i could ask you president mr president if i could ask you some questions we did chat with you briefly in this book and we asked you if you had returned and you told us Sorry. is he turning 103 he just showed me 103 103 is that old you are i'll have to look that up but age aside it's a relative number um you had told us that you had reincarnated departure part of you a third had returned already and was living in the amazon What's your impression of what's going on from that perspective of a person who's on the planet who's, I don't know if you're suffering from the pandemic or clear cutting a forest or what's happening? Showing the destruction. Well, he's showing just how unstable it is. Um, I, and the way, okay, so they're showing me pictures and it's, it's something that, um, oh, what is it? like out like old brick buildings like old stone buildings and I know Machu Picchu's there in Peru I know that I know we were talking about the Amazon in Brazil but give me a second um well let's ask him what do you mean by showing Jennifer these old buildings is this are these buildings related to South Africa are they related to South America it's a metaphor thank you he said that the buildings represent, the, the oldest buildings represent how they're crumbling. I'm like, are we having an earthquake again? Like, I'm going crazy in my head asking the questions. Like, and he showed me it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. It's so the old is crumbling to make way for the new. Correct. And your yeah. advice in our, what's going on in our world right now is to try to have more compassion. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Would you do me a favor? Just allow, go ahead. You have to have love first in order to even know what compassion is. So you have to have love first. You have to have love for yourself. That's important. And love for others to understand what compassion is. Something like that. Yeah. And if. And then he showed me. Hold on. I don't know why I'm seeing a spider. It's interesting. A tarantula. But. A tarantula. Well, it's very specific. I know. Not necessarily in something negative. No, it's not negative. He's showing me how, huh, because a tarantula might be scary, right? Uh, There's a lot of them that don't, they don't, they won't bite you. I'm right. sure there are some that do bite you, but there's some that well, don't. Well, if they're in trouble. Right. right. And so, but our first instinct is to kill it or to get rid of it. Fear. Fear. And if you translate that to people, Okay, show me in. The spider, the spider just goes on its way. It's helping, you know, clear out other things. It's, you know, part of the eco ecosystem, ecosystem, excuse me. But he's saying that um, if we had compassion and just let the spider do what it needed to do, then we wouldn't have the fear involved and we'd be actually happy about what he's doing. Interesting. And I have a friend, uh, Brad Hall, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' husband who was with Julia in somewhere, South America, I think. And uh, they went for a walk and he started to take his shirt off and she looked on his back and there was this giant tarantula back there. And she said to him, there's a tarantula on your back. And his reaction was to go, oh, okay. And he flung his shirt off in one motion and the, the tarantula was flying off. So without fear, you can, you can react to things. So I understand it's a metaphor within a metaphor. Right. Um, and if Dr. King, if I can ask you to step forward and give us some insight about what's going on and what your opinion is. He's just saddened by it. Um, the brutality. of the people who, you know, of color who've been killed for centuries. Um, it's like, we are that black spider. 
you know, without understanding what we do, our fear always is going to be there. Fear of the unknown, fear of misunderstanding. Right. Um, let me finish this. Hold on. And he laughed. He's like, we did make it a Black Panther, but... <laughs> um, the writings don't have anything, you know... The protests have given way to the riot, to the riots, right? But the protests have been remarkable, he says, um, because nobody knows what to really do. Yeah, I've heard people say that in terms of leadership and stuff. But if you look at what young people are doing, they are literally throwing their bodies in the line of fire to make a change, to change what's going on in our world to change perception. And he just showed me those old, old, old buildings being broken down. Broken down. And, yeah. you know, uh, from someone my age, you know, who, who, um, who lived in a lifetime, this lifetime where I was able to hear both uh, President Mandela and Martin Luther King speak, I can remember, um, the day he died and, and, and I was living in Chicago and hearing that on the radio and hearing his voice and being traumatized, you know, and about losing him. I had that feeling that a great light in the universe had gone out. But I also understand from this research another perspective, which is we choose our lifetimes. We choose our journey, and sometimes we choose a more difficult journey in order to understand or to make change, to, uh, to elicit change. So if you could talk about that, Dr. King, on some level, how the trauma of the, the courage of these people to go through what they went through so that we could affect change. I mean, uh, George Floyd's daughter, Jana, she said, Right. I'm sure you heard it. My daddy changed the world. So that's a flip side concept. You live your life in order to help other people and his death and all of these other people, their deaths becomes an accumulation that finally a tipping point. Can we, I'm going to ask them because I'm sure they've seen him. I'm sure they've talked to him. George. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I normally, I, we talk about this, normally we don't invite somebody in until they're ready to come in and we allow Luana to sort of- She's already you know, showing me, she was showing me George, I'm like, and if I, if I say no, am I- No, no, absolutely, if she's showing you George, then we need to talk to him. So, let's do that. Is he, is he around Luana, can we chat with him? Yes, he is everywhere right now. Okay, very good. And uh, so I'm just going to ask you, sir, the same questions I ask everybody in these uh, conversations. Could you tell us who was there to... Sorry? He showed me a son, like his son. Hold on. I know he has a daughter. I knew he has a daughter, but I think his son passed before he passed. Okay, so that's my question, sir. Who was there to greet you when you crossed over? Right, that's what he, before you finish your sentence, he showed me. Well, that's the thing of answering the question before I ask it. So he knows what I'm gonna ask him. So you're saying, was it a son from this lifetime? Because we don't know. But is it a son from a previous lifetime? Is it a son that you were supposed to have that you didn't have? Okay, how old is he? There's something about, um, it feels like his son, I don't know if it's even like, there's something with the son and I did feel gunshot so i don't know if he was shot but i'm sure we would have known about this well hold on let's ask him i think this is important for us to let him break this down 
I'm asking you, who was there to greet you when you crossed over? Let's not focus on how that that person passed away. Well, he's saying his son. So. His son. Okay, very good. And was that the first person who made you realize that there was an afterlife? Was it what you expected it to be? It is painful. He showed me his mom, and I'm feeling like he saw his he saw his mom, but she left because his son. He needed to see his son in order to feel like it was the afterlife. There was some something with that. All right, that. hold on. Let's ask him. You saw your mother. Is that correct? Yes, correct. And Jennifer, are you aware that what he said before he passed? No. I, if 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 that came, I mean, I'm sure well, we've watched news clips. So, but I don't remember. I don't. Okay, I just was curious. Video, I'm curious I, because this is well. This is a point. This is what we would be asking him. So you saw your mother before you crossed over or while you crossed over? Sorry, go ahead. Before, before you crossed over. Before. And you said to her, Mama, I can't breathe. They're killing me. Is that correct? Something yeah. like that? And let's ask your mother to come forward because she's been there longer than you have and it's, more, it's probably easier for her to communicate. Can we ask your mother to come forward? Mm -hmm. Okay. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank you for chatting with us. I appreciate it. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Yes. Okay. So was this part of your son's journey? She Did you holding, know that? He's holding on to her. He's holding on to her arm? He was, he was holding on to his son, like holding his hand, his son's hand. Okay. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. But I'm his mom. Right. Um, was this part of your son's journey? Was this something that you had discussed prior to his incarnation, prior to being born? And, and then he, yes. He says yes. They both say yes. Okay. Very good. And, and so there must have been an unusual feeling when you found your mom on the flip side, who had passed two years to the day of this incident. Wow. So let's ask her about that. Were you, had you been waiting for two years? I, it's not long over there, there's no time, let's say, but. It's a coffee stop. It's uh, a coffee stop, it's not. It's a coffee stop. Yeah. And what was she wearing? What was, what, was, what was her outfit? What did she look like? Did she look young or old? Did she look exactly like your mom when you last saw her? She looked old, the way okay. that, but then she transitioned because I'm watching her. She transitioned in a, um, to looking younger, to being younger once, huh. they, once they met. And it wasn't like, it, what was interesting is when he saw her and saw his son, um, it's at that point, like he saw her, but when he crossed, when he crossed over, he understood, it felt like he understood everything. I like, see. And this is something we hear often from people who talk to us about their journey. Once you get over there, you're aware that this was part of your journey, that maybe you had planned in an advance of what would happen. Is that correct? That's correct. So what would you like to tell people, George? There are his people that are... Dad, his dad was there as well. There's something with his dad or somebody like his dad that felt like he was there. Almost like a father figure, if not his father. Right. So once you're there with your group of friends and family, you, you realize you still exist. That the scene below you of these police officers and whatever they're doing is not connected to you anymore, other than it's going to make a change in the world. He made an agreement with them. So have you had other lifetimes where you've done something like this or you've had been oppressed or had the opposite? I'm just curious. The opposite. The opposite. And we find that in the research as well. What would you like to tell people, George, who are listening in and saying, what? I can't believe this. Stop destroying. But destroying but 
crumbling buildings. Buildings got to be swept away. Correct? Yeah. Correct. I mean, I think today they... They're saying it's just the wrong, you know, it's the wrong, to loot stores, it's just the wrong way to do it. Today, I think Kanye West, of all people, announced a $2 million foundation for your daughter and the other children of parents who've been killed in the past couple of weeks so they can go to college. So the idea of change, this is a dramatic change for our culture, for our society, something that Dr. King worked on, Nelson Mandela worked on. They've been working on this for a long time. So let me ask you guys, do you feel like this change is happening? Is it going to occur? Very slow. Very slow. Well, that's not what we want to hear. We want to hear, yeah, tomorrow we can go back, you know, get the baseball games going. Just kidding. <laughs> well. No, but it's coming through because they're showing me the people in the front, like the people that are in the front line. So it's coming through. It's just still, and they just showed me, it's going to take, well, they showed me our president, which we don't have to go into. Um, Please no. I, no, no, no. <laughs> Just kidding. They're just saying he's making it worse, but sorry for people that love him. Well, he's making it worse. People can love people who make things worse and acknowledge that their loved one is making things worse. That's allowed. Right. Well, he's not passionate about what he's doing. Well, let's not go down the path of his motivation. Let's avoid that. What I'm getting, I'm not even saying it for myself, okay? Mm -hmm. What they're showing me, pictures of him, they're just saying he's not passionate. Like, Martin Luther King was passionate. He was passionate about making change. Mm. Right? Yeah, Most and compassionate. Both. Passionate. They're know. just... Even if he changes, he's just not making things happen. He's well, let's, let's talk about, in terms of our flip side research, let's just allow a subtle shift here, which is I, I want to ask Dr. King and Nelson and, and George, we choose our lifetimes. Is that correct? Yes. We choose what gender we're going to be. Is that correct? Not really. Depends. If we've always been one gender, we might choose that gender again. Is that what you mean? We yeah. have the choice to choose, and we also have the choice to just, just you know. Hang out. Not, be, not come back. I understand. It's interesting. Is that they're showing me it, it doesn't, whatever's going to suit whatever, whatever we have to, whatever we're doing, yes. Yeah. Um, he just showed me they're not going to throw a lady on the ground and do that. They, you know, there has been instances where there's been brutality. I know that. I well, this poor woman was shot in her house. Right. Cops broke in and... No, I think it... No, it's an endemic thing. We can't solve it here in our forum, but we can talk about it, which is people do choose lifetimes. They choose what they're going to be. Choose what they're going to be. And some people, their spirit remains the same no matter what. So they can be no matter what. They can be whatever they want. But in this instance we're talking about people who's cho who've chosen lives that have made a change so nelson mandela right, totally right. changed south africa millions of lives are changed martin luther king totally changed lives millions of lives and and yeah. now george as well so dr king can i ask you this there is someone who came to visit me last night Tapping okay. on my shoulder, and can I share you with know you really fast, something. I'm sorry. Can I share with you something really fast. I saw Prince. Um, I saw Prince hold David Bowie's hand, and they were singing "We Are the World." Remember, "We Are the World." Sure, Michael Jackson song. I didn't even remember. Yeah, that. he wrote that, along with uh, Lionel Richie. Wow. Okay. Quincy Jones. Um, those people are related to the question I'm about to ask. Musicians. Okay, so let's ask Prince. He would know. Prince, what do you got? 
Prince, somebody came by, tapped me in the shoulder last night, and I was trying to figure out who it was. And this morning, I thought, okay, well, let's just see if he shows up. Luana, you should well, know who this person is. I don't. Is it somebody like Beethoven? In his mind, <laughs> it's a him. Let's start there. Oh, I got that. Um, he just showed me, and it could have been just an actor that played Beethoven. I don't know. Um, no. Well, this guy, he, he did all, he wore many hats. Okay. And the only thing that I got was, because I was there thinking, who are we going to talk to tomorrow? And along came an image of a face and a color of eyes. Okay. Hold on, because I'm too much in my head. Give me a second. Um, Oh, you're talking about Elvis? No. Color of eyes. Okay. I don't this guy know. knew Elvis. We've talked to him. He's in our book. Okay. You know, I don't remember about any of that. Okay. okay. But that's why I want Prince to help, Mr. Music Guy. Um, anybody who's in the musical world. The color of his eyes is the key. Because I saw this color and I went, oh, is this? Either Tom Petty or show me somebody else that, hold on. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm whispering to you and you don't see me. I'm, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Because look, we've, done, we've talked to this guy. His eyes are blue. I know, John Lennon. Eh? This guy's eyes are blue and he knew Dr. King. In fact, his nickname was Old Blue Eyes. I Frank. know Sinatra. Thank um, you. you see how she got that? <laughs> no, 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 I understand that. But I don't know Frank, like it's not in my religion. No, it's not in your DNA. It's okay. That's so Prince has done Frank Sinatra songs. So is Elvis, right? True. Absolutely. And so and, and Frank has done John Lennon songs. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Everybody's it's just... all they're all part of the same puzzle. It's okay. Sometimes, boom. Let's not get excited about it. Let's not be upset about it. Come on. A lot of distractions out there. But he came forward. And I got the impression he wanted to talk about what's going on because he had friends. He was somebody who right, was pack. colorblind. He was somebody who worked with. He promoted. He promoted people like Quincy uh, Jones. Mm -hmm. He promoted people like Nat King Cole. Yeah. And so part of my process is following that along. Is this Frank? I saw the blue eyes and I heard old blue eyes and I went, okay, that must be Frank. And then, and then Nat King Cole's name popped into my head and I did some research this morning and I didn't realize how close they were. But Luana, this is your purview. I am not the guy with the, with the clipboard. You are. So tell me, does Frank want to come forward? I, I you know, we've only got so many minutes, but does Frank want to come forward? He's too busy talking. He, yes, he's coming forward. Who is the guy that played all of the, um, what is it, the movies that, what is his name? Son of a bitch. Marlo, Brandon Marlo. Brand <laughs> Marlon Brando. Whatever. Or Brando Marlon, whatever. Marlon came by. Okay, but Marlon, you going to kick Frank out of his chair or are you going to let him talk? No, they were just talking. It's fine. Okay. Go ahead. Be part of our class. Frank, what do you want? Just like you said earlier about making someone your friend, you get to understand where they've been. When did that happen for you? When did you first? And he said that he, he just said that that in general they had the best music, the best jazz mm -hmm. and 
he said they had a hard time believing me that I could be trusted. Mm -hmm. But once you walk with them, you he showed me so many different things. Just like with, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, what he said recently, which I was like, you don't know what it's like to be African-American. I don't know what it's like to be African-American, clearly. And he said, if you, you have no idea that he goes, like in Van Nuys, somebody got, you know. Right, I saw that, and I saw that clip. Somebody got arrested and they were, they were actually protecting the store from the looters <laughs> who got away because they arrested them, anyway. And the looters were getting away and the guy's like, no, you got the wrong people. Like, you know, that's yeah, just yeah. But Frank, let's right. focus on you, my friend. So if you're going to put images in her mind, put them in images about you, your journey. When did you become somebody who understood that it's, connection? He said somebody believed in me. He said somebody believed in me. Who was that? Um... What instrument did he play? About like the saxophone. Okay. Um, the saxophone. Off the top of my head, I don't know, but. Getting, it was like a bartender. Like somebody that noticed. Well, Frank's parents. Hey, Frank, did I ask you who, who greeted you when you crossed over? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> Marilyn. <laughs> well. Yes, she popped into my head last night. Um, okay, funny. let's bring her forward. I'm going to ask you some questions. Frank, Marilyn, do you mind? No, they love it. They love it. So Marilyn, you too were somebody who made a point or tried to make a point that African-Americans were being mistreated. You went to concerts, you sat with artists, you made a difference. She, she yeah. She, um, oh, she's showing me her husband who played baseball, and that's where she really got to. Oh. Yeah, Joe DiMaggio, who was friends with Frank. That's how they met. Frank, yeah. at some point, did you, did, let me ask you, Frank, silly question. Did you propose to Marilyn at some point? Twice, he said. And why? Was, she, was that even a possibility? Why? I thought why? you guys were friends. He said, why not? Because <laughs> he could. Yeah, he's like, why not? And it was always over a lot of drinks. Okay, this is a really goofy question, but because I'd like to bounce around. Frank, Marilyn, you know the answer to this question. It's come up and it's in our book. Who killed Robert Kennedy? Not Hoover, not, I mean. Oh God, law enforcement so you're you're putting an image of law enforcement or a president a president okay and his name is and you said this in the book is it is it the next it was the next president after after president kennedy yeah so why did he do that frank why did lyndon johnson that's sorry i'm so sorry about that that's yeah. okay that's why i'm here it's in the book why frank why did lyndon johnson Do this. I mean, I, so it's related to Marilyn too, because Marilyn, you told us the same people who killed John and killed Bobby are the people who made sure you were no longer on the planet. Why did they do this? What was the what was the reason behind it? Um, there was too many people that thought that they were allowing the country to become more progressive, I guess you could say. Which is related to what we're talking about today. Yeah. In a weird way. It is. That they it's, didn't like change. No, not at all. And so you had enough people behind them that didn't like it. So Frank, when you, I'm just skipping around. Frank, when you got over to the flip side, how long did it take you? I know that you were hanging out with Sammy Davis Jr. because you told us that. Have you been hanging out with Nat King Cole? <laughs> a little bit. He bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> so 
for a second. Because <laughs> he's constantly trying to talk to him about what's going on down here. Oh, interesting. Well, Nat left the planet much earlier. He was only in his 40s. No, they're just joking around. They're just, they reminisce. They recreate what, you know, certain scenes were like for them without the violence or drugs. Or yeah, whatever. what the experience was like. Yeah. Well, and the reason I asked the Bobby Kennedy question is because I was chastised by somebody during one of our sessions where they said, because I said, what does it matter who died and who killed and da 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 It was, it's like old history. And they said, you know, it's not old history to us. And because time doesn't exist for us relatively. And right. when you make light of it, we ex we're still trying to recover from it. And when you speak the truth, when the truth is revealed, when somebody finally comes out and figures out how it could possibly be that Lyndon, the president of the United States was involved. How could that be? When that truth comes out, people are released. And Bobby came through and told us that, which yeah. is you have to rip the Band-Aid off. Right. You have to rip the Band-Aid off in order to heal it. And so that's what people are doing. And correct me anybody, Nelson, Dr. King, any of you. Is that what we're doing? Are we ripping the Band-Aid off? <laughs> he says we're putting more Band-Aids on. No. Do we need to? No. No. There's no more bleeding. Now it's just <laughs> Who's saying that? I don't know. Oh, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. So bind up the wounds. Is that what you're saying? It's time to bind up these wounds and move forward? Huh. So interesting. Ah, it just would be better if there was a camera in my head. Yeah, it would be white patch and then a dark patch and then like having the bandages um, be different colors. Um, it's not going to matter until we're a united front because people are putting more bandages from different places. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. King. If does this research talking about how people still exist and how we can access them and ask them questions, does that help? with the healing. Hold on one second. Got to plug in my computer. Sorry. Excuse me. All right, pause. Are we pausing? Pause. Hi, we're back. Jennifer was just saying, go ahead. I had a little bit of a meltdown. I'm like, this is very challenging for me to even think that I'm talking to George, let alone, you know, I, it's just, it's so challenging for me, but at the same time, I'm getting so much information that I can barely even speak it, like I barely even get it out. And it is interpretation. So when I'm, so when they're giving it to me, it's challenging. If you don't think, that you, if you don't believe that you're talking to someone on the other side, the mind lets you think that way. And so I've had a challenging time to say, yeah, I mean, the person I got shown was George. The person, I mean, to think that I even have, you know, to even be able to talk to Martin Luther King or Nelson Mandela. Like my heart starts shaking, I wanna cry with every, <clears throat> like there's just so much, and I'm sitting here going, duh. Like it just, <laughs> just to let you guys know, it well, is. It, uh, it is important for us to say that we're not trying to be heretics. We're not trying no. to disturb anybody's belief system. And I don't know, like, I don't, somebody said this earlier, or it's not just okay to post something. You gotta do something about it. Like, look at what your wife did. She was out there on the front lines. She's I was, the only person I know that's been arrested for saving a tree. I mean, literally <laughs> saved a tree, went to prison, and then discovered uh, this, this systemic problem between, you know, officers that are running prisons. I didn't know it was like a whole separate police force, but anyway. Let's not let go of our class just yet. No, 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 no. Right. So and so I just, first I wanna thank everybody. I wanna thank everybody for allowing us to have this conversation. And I know how bizarre it is to say, well, we're talking to Frank and Marilyn and, and George and all of them. And if you've read the books, we just let people speak their truth and truth sets people free. So whatever the truth is, 
that's their truth. We're just repeating it. And when it comes to this wildly controversial statement that a president of the United States might have been responsible for these multiple deaths, we've heard it before. And I can't say it any other way. We've heard it before. So let's just allow, Frank came forward last night for a reason, and that's what I want to ask him. Did you, sir, want to talk about what's going on on the planet, or did you want to talk about music? Well, that's why they gave me the preemptive with seeing Prince and seeing, um, uh, what's his name? David Bowie. David Bowie. Um, I know. He's like, how could you forget my name? <laughs> the music. So when I asked Frank, or when Frank was listening to you, um, or giving you the question in your mind to ask me, by the way. Yeah. Could you um, turn up a little bit? Turn up your sound? Volume? Yeah. Thanks. I won't mumble. I'm really good at mumbling, apparently. Okay. So, show me again. Hold on. Music can heal so much. Like, if they had music at all of the protests, <laughs> it's just something that, you know, it changes the mood. If you had, you know, you think of punk rock or you think of the skinheads, right? Or something like that. Or, or you know, all the jumping around. Like, music puts you in a mood, it can almost be tranquilizing. So we need something to heal the world, heal the planet. We are we need music. We need music can heal the planet. Yes. And so, but and I, so and he, you, he said he came to you because the one I told him to. <laughs> well, can I say that our first time we spoke, it felt like you were reluctant to chat with us because you didn't know us, you hadn't met us. And, and we had, it was because somebody we were talking to that was a friend of yours, I think it was Don Rickles. And you just showed me Franklin. She's the one that got him to talk more to Aretha us. Aretha Franklin, yeah. And, and so we were, we were, because Ray, I worked with Ray Charles and so we had a long chat with Ray on the flip side, and that brought in a whole field of different people, but not all of them were interested, let's say, of having a conversation, or they felt reluctant because they'd answer my questions like, what do you care? But in this case, because I felt like he was tapping me in the shoulder or that Luana was tapping me in the shoulder, mm -hmm. and that I saw both him and Nat King Cole, I thought, oh, maybe they, maybe they want to express something about reconciliation in terms of compassion, not reconciling to make it all over and go away, but to understand. So if they can talk about that. So, hold on. Wow. We first needed, we need some time to really look at our, basically look at ourselves and not judge not not be prejudiced about our about being prejudiced um in order to be more unified <laughs> i know we hear that all the time in order to be unified unified you really do have to be love and we hear that you have to love you have to learn how to love well love it's to be love learn love it's, it's to be love like to be love one of the greatest things that i think came there's so many great things that i discovered through this work i call it you and i this work um is when i like when people go to the other side and they're asked how well did you love what are you going to be able to say you know, a little bit, not so much. Eh, I love pizza and cappuccinos. No, yeah, I just want to say it's a recurring theme. And we've, it's a recurring theme, not only in our work together, it's also in people that I filmed under deep hypnosis or people talking about near death experiences or people, architecture of the afterlife, not under hypnosis talking about the afterlife. They do say this consistently. The universe functions. Consciousness functions. God functions on love. Love, the interconnection between all people and things, 
is unconditional over there. And so when Robin Williams, when you asked him for a blurb for my book, Hacking the Afterlife, he came, he came to you and said, other people said like very profound things. And he just said two words. Love, love. So what does that mean? Not love, <laughs> love is an action. It's a verb. And love is a noun. So it's almost like verb noun. Right. Love, love. Love what love is, love what love could be, love yourself, love the things and people that you love. Allow. I, also, I also want to be a little myth buster right now that people, you know, you hear all the time, well, if you don't love yourself and no one can love you, uh, F that. That is not true. Not. It's, it's people, you are, no one can be denied love. No one. So, if anyone tells you, well, you have to first love yourself in order to love others, that's, no, that's not true. There's times in all of our lives where we don't like ourselves, right? But we still yeah. deserve it. Okay. Gave, so, Frank, know? let me ask you, how was it that Ronan is your child? Did she freeze some of your DNA, quote, unquote? <laughs> Use it later? Or did she stop by and visit you at some point? get a donation <laughs> sorry he's just laughing she stopped by okay pretty simple you know she said that it's possible that ronan's frank's son and of course frank's daughter said that's not possible but hello if you <laughs> if you look at frank and fill in ava gardner and i don't know Frank, how many, what, 1,000, 2,000, 10,000? How many girls found their way into your heart? Oh, I love that. Okay, just zip it, zipping that up. Well, Frank, what, tell us something. I mean, look, you tapped me on the shoulder. Well, he loved exceptionally. He loved exceptionally. I know we asked Will Shakespeare for a... He loved a, a, music. What, love what? Said he loved love, he loved exceptionally, and he loved with music. He loved with music. I was just reading today how what a perfectionist you were and how you never learned to read music. But at the same time, you were a person who understood it. Well, can you Lionel talk Rich about that? Lionel Richie's the same way. But can you talk about that for one second, which is Beethoven. So, but talk about that. It's frequency. Right, but hold on a second. Frank, you're going to tell us you were Ludwig? Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you. How much a Ludwig? Maybe a percentage. Yeah, teeny wee bit. Okay, very good. Yeah, he's got a sense of humor. But how is it that you understood? He's a perfectionist as well. Well, let There's me ask you. So let me ask you, how did this work? Before you became Frank, you're on the flip side. You're planning your life with your dad, uh, Antonino, and your mom, Dolly. And you know that you're going to be this kid who was scarred at birth when they used forceps to pull him out. All these things were wrong with his face and his body and everything else. But you knew that you were going to be somebody who could hear music, sense music, feel music, be part of music. Is that a DNA thing or did that come from a previous lifetime or a combo? All of his lives. All of his lives. Okay. If you, I mean, like if you saw like a thousand mirrors of the same image that goes out, he just showed that with him wearing a suit, like all of them, like all of his lives. So what would be one lifetime that you would share with us where you were a musician? He just showed me like, He's, I mean, it, during the time of William Shakespeare, he said. Uh-huh. Um, 17th century. Were you a performer, singer, or an actor? He was a servant to a performer. Excellent. Let's not, we don't have to go down to dig that up. It'd be very difficult to. But it's an unusual observation because you were there at the side of an actor watching them perform. And right. now that you're on the flip side, you've met Will. 
haven't you? I actually feel like he was Af like he was African American. That's what he's showing me. He was a servant to somebody, or in, like in London or somewhere else. The U.S. South of Wales, yeah. South or, of Wales. Fascinating, fascinating. And that must have been an unusual lifetime for you. Yeah, it was. Maybe that's why he loved, that's why he didn't see color. It helped him not see color. I think that helps. I think once people realize that they've actually been other lifetimes and other colors or worked with or close to or have a connection to people of other colors, when they see that under deep hypnosis, it's mind bending as well as, oh, now I get it. I understand. This is why I like this, whatever, this kind of person, this kind of feeling. I'm right. attracted to it, whatever that is. Almost quantum mechanically knowing, you know, when you see somebody. And so, frankly, as a performer, I know that your parents owned a, uh, a tavern and you used to get up and play on the piano. And then you took lessons and your, your, Chops change, your vocal range went up like two octaves. And I was just reading about the musicians who considered you. Oh. I know that you gave Quincy Jones. Uh, You're not moving. Oh, am I frozen? And I can't hear you, Richard. Okay, hold on. We want to thank everybody who joined us today. Nelson Mandela, uh, George Floyd, um, everybody. Martin Luther King, Frank Sinatra, Marilyn Monroe. Hey, you know, we should talk to Lyndon Johnson. That's what we should do and ask him what his problem was. We'll have to do that in a, few, a future show. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, there was a lot, like Lyndon Johnson, it was very, it was a slow start because I was still in shock with everything that I was, like, it's just a lot to process. So, I don't know, maybe you just get bits and pieces of this, but um, it's- It's all right. You know what? We love everybody. We'll figure it out. I'll put this together in an edit, we are, it all works. We are the children. Yeah, we are the world. We are the children. All right, so Lyndon Johnson, we're gonna talk to you in a future meeting and we're gonna find out if this is accurate. You wanna ask him now? You wanna get a thumbs up from him or a thumbs down? I don't wanna go into Lyndon. Okay, right very now. good, all right, very good. All right, thank you everybody. Showed me, indirectly it was. He what? He showed you indirectly it was, meaning not a direct order, but people that work for him did. Okay, yeah. that clears it up a little differently. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that weird verification. Okay, we love you, Jennifer. Thank you. We'll catch yeah. you on the flip side. Tell Sherry I love her and adore her, and I'm so proud of everything she did this week. Okay. Okay.